Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Guess who's come knocking on the door? Yes, Mr. Ancient Alien himself, Erich von Donigan, is in the house. Uh, we are interviewing him. In, uh, he's in Switzerland. And he's got a new book, Evolution is Wrong. This is his take on our species as hominins, where we arrived from, if we were hybrids from a, an advanced race, and why Darwin, the Darwin's theory, is not acceptable anymore. And according to Eric, rejected by thousands of scientists who are refusing to teach Darwin's evolution in school. Today... Erich von Donegan here on Earth Ancients. Saturday, February 4th, 2023, this is Earth Ancients. I'm your host, Cliff Dunning. Erich von Dunnigan has a new book uh, that just came out on evolution. It's called Evolution is Wrong, A Radical Approach to the Origins and Transformation of Life. This is not the typical kind of book we get from Eric. He is the father, the founder, the the icon behind the whole ancient alien movement. You guys know how I feel about ancient aliens. I have to say this, though. Uh, I have Eric on the program every year simply because he has contributed a lot to ancient unknown civilizations, which I am hugely interested in. I'm also interested in off-world types, aliens, uh, and uh, current, the current UFO uh, ET phenomenon that has infiltrated Earth. And so it kind of, the two kind of connect. The problem I have with Earth, uh, with the ancient aliens, though, is the fact that they've kind of lost their, their, their mind and they've lost their way. And when I say that, you know, Eric's at the head of all of this, uh, and it's, you know, what can't be explained in their mind is ancient aliens, alien influences. 
and it, it just gets crazy. I mean, this show is hugely popular on the History Channel. Uh, I think that's where it's been laid. And it just colors everything. It just becomes a joke. And a, seri- a serious subject becomes a joke. And, you know, I, I, Eric's probably making millions and millions of dollars on the brand. And that's like anything else. You know, you, you go out and you tour. He does tours where he's ahead of it. And he talks about uh, air, alien influence. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the with the program, the TV show. But, you know, and I've never done it. Uh, I've... Uh, we're going to hear in a minute a excerpt from a very recent program where our own Dr. Edwin Barnhard is a representative. But it's it's in some ways mis- misguided because you'll never hear Ed say anything about aliens. They have Ed on the program to give his expertise on Mesoamerican sites, pyramids, temples, so forth and so on. And then they'll have a They'll have Giorgio Sokulos or one of the other talking heads come on and say it, it was the aliens. That's that's um, disingenuous. Number one, number two, it's it's getting a little goofy. And but you know what? I, it, it's great fun. Everyone's making money, but I just can't take it serious anymore. It's just gotten totally out of hand. So. What's Eric Van Donegan writing a book on evolution? Well, when you begin looking at uh, the history of the planet and, and the uh, history of uh, humankind on the planet, you can't help but jump into Darwin. And, you know, Darwin went around the planet and studied animal species and came up with a, a theorem that became cast in stone uh, on our evolution you know that we are the uh, we came from apes, and that there is uh, natural selection. And I'm trying to think of the name of his famous book, Origins of the Species. So Eric's actually written some interesting things in this book. And again, I I have him on the program just because his books have influenced me. The most famous of his books was the very first one written in 19, I think it was 68. Or maybe it was 72 or something, but very, very early. I was a kid, Chariot of the Gods. And in that book, he goes around and he shows uh, sites that are questionable. And it really sparked my interest. And I think he's made some some important contributions on a number of different levels. And we're going to hear from him today on what he believes are some major issues. And I will say this, and, and, and I did have a chance to look at his book in some in pretty good detail. Uh, he has recorded and uh, features this in his book that over a thousand noted scientists have stated that they do not want to continue uh, repeating Darwin's theory and they find it is a problem. And that's pretty significant when you get a thousand noted scientists to to say something like that. So I do want to mention this, though. I, I am firmly of the belief that there is a off-world visitation going on 
to planet Earth. And I can't get enough data to know just what we what what kind of information our government is is holding from us. We know that the uh, American Space Command routinely suppresses data. We know it not only because we read about it, we know it because uh, some of our guests have encountered problems, most notably uh, NASA, ex-NASA employees who may have their own sightings. And I'm referring to Marion Rednick, who's a former NASA astronomer who had his own sighting and to this day has been harassed and continues to be harassed. Uh, we know because of the scientists we have on this program, that there is evidence, very, very good evidence of a uh, ancient civilization on the planet Mars, significant ruins. You know, and it's funny because I'll post photographs of these uh, ruins and machine parts that are strewed all over the planet. And people will go, well, you're looking at uh, optical illusion, so forth and so forth. This has been going on for 25 years, and it's not illusions anymore. It's not tricks of the light. This is the fact. And I, I don't know when we can expect NASA to wake up, but I tell you this, I hope to God that when it does come out, either in an embarrassing manner where the Chinese send a rover uh, or image the, the, the planet and it's like, here's a, a whole city, here's a temple, whatever, that the, the, the powers that be at NASA are removed and possibly brought up on charges because we're spending billions and billions of dollars to send probes to dig microbes and uh, evidence of water when these rovers could probably be directed uh, to these ruined, ruined cities to get provide more imaging of that of those sites. So, you know, we're being misled, we're being deceived, and I'm, frankly, I'm tired of it. You know, and that goes for the moon, too. Uh, we, we're probably, you know, the Chinese have sent back some pretty damning evidence of, of structures on the dark side of the moon. You know, and you got to wonder, is uh, even though we're having problems politically with the Chinese, you know, I'm talking about the United States now having problems you have to wonder that if scientifically they're kind of like, you know, please don't divulge this because it'll cause mass hysteria. We have proof here that um, religions will be a problem. If your own people will be a problem, there could be, you know, they could be telling the Chinese or anybody else who does a space program to uh, image the moon or Mars or put rovers on either one of those planets uh, that you're going to have problems with your people if you reveal that there's uh, evidence of an extraterrestrial race, so forth and so on. And I'm talking about the Brookings Report, the Brookings Institute Report from 1960, that basically says if you reveal there are aliens, if you divulge, if you present first contact, Earth will fail. They probably scare other countries. <laughs> but you know what? That is wrong. And I've said it to, uh, to, to you guys many, many times. That is wrong. Uh, because if you look at social media, not religion, religion is uh, hundreds of years out of touch. It's run by people who are, I mean, I'm sorry, there's some religions that are okay. I, I'm just not a religious person. 
and you can't use religion as a marking stone, you know. So this is what our government does, is they go to religious theologians and go, what do you think? Rather than going to the social media heads where all the brain trust is right now, all the latest inventions, all the latest thought processes, all the latest trends, asking them what they think and what the answer would be. This is funny, too. I'm just thinking about this. Uh, if if they were to ask the social media heads or the people who are the uh, influencers what they thought, I, I would say there would be overwhelmingly positive uh, interest in knowing about these aliens that are here, knowing about the possibilities of a long-lost race, either here on Earth, on the moon, or on Mars, or on, on neighboring planets. Rather than suppressing this data, they would probably suggest uh, overwhelmingly to reveal it. And I'm thinking now, perhaps that's reason why that uh, uh, NASA decided not even to consider social media, which says a lot. What does that say to us? It says that it says that NASA is purposefully avoiding the interests of of the common people, uh, those who use social media. Who do you know who's not using Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok? Younger crowd, you know. I mean, I'm a baby boomer. I love that stuff. <laughs> In fact, I you know I just launched a new uh, YouTube page. Earth Ancients Official, by the way. Go check it out because it is a blast. Uh, and it is filled with great, great uh, videos of some of the guests I've had on the show. But today we have Eric Von Donigen, uh Erich Von Dunigen. That's the German pronunciation. And uh, before we have him on the program, uh, I do want to play a short video of a recent program that featured a number of noted um, scientists and how they somewhat manipulate those interviews into a narrative that the aliens have, uh, ancient aliens uh, have uh, provided great a great deal of uh, data as well in the form of uh, pyramids, temples, structures, and guidance. So, by the way, um, Ancient Aliens has a spinoff now. It's the it's called Ancient Alien Live. It is a series of tours. Listen to this lineup. It's Giorgio Tsoukoulos. We know Giorgio, the guy with the hair that's all over the place. Uh, Giorgio is the main speaker. And then they have a scientist, Travis Taylor. Uh, they have Nick Pope. And Nick Pope uh, is really one of the top people in the UFO community. I really admire him. In fact, I got to get him on the program. He has his own podcast. But, uh, you know, he's a, a former intelligence uh, uh, attache to England. And he is uh, very bright, very transparent on the, the current disclosure movement, trying to get government agencies, NASA, Space Command, uh, the European Space Agency, and other agencies to to come clean and say, look, we know there's aliens and this is the story. No. So anyhow, he's great. Then there's David Hatcher Childress. They kind of call him the Indiana Jones. What the hell is he doing on Ancient Aliens? Well, 
he provides a perspective, and he's also a talking head. Most notably, the aliens did it. That's he's he's another one, and then finally, William Henry. Why William Henry's a, an ancient alien person? I'll never know. But <laughs> that is this ta- traveling ancient alien conference called Ancient Alien Live, and uh, wow, I wonder what they do. <laughs> so here is a quick excerpt from the latest Ancient Alien group that includes our own Dr. Edwin Barnhard. And listen to what Ed, Ed has to say about Teotihuacan in Mexico and how they how the producers inf- uh, add it to the narrative for the program. Have a quick listen. Mexico City. Beneath the current day capital of Mexico lie the ruins of the ancient Aztec metropolis known as Tenochtitlan. The Aztecs dominated much of central Mexico from the 14th to the 16th century AD. And Tenochtitlan is considered to be their first official settlement. An incredibly sophisticated city featuring a grid system of canals and causeways. But according to their historical texts, the Aztec civilization did not originate here. The Aztecs say they started from this place up in the north called Chiquimostoc. It was a cave, and inside that cave, it had seven different caverns. And there were said to be seven different tribes. And the Aztecs say they were part of the seven tribes that came from the seven chambers of Chiquimostoc. While Chiquimostoc was once thought to be a mythological place, Some scholars believe archaeological evidence suggests that it really did exist and is located at the site of the ancient pyramid complex known today as Teotihuacan. The place of seven caves, we think maybe that has actually been located archaeologically at the site of the main temple of Teotihuacan called the Pyramid of the Sun, which sits just north of the Valley of Mexico. Underneath it is actually a cave with seven different spots that it extends out into. And that's where the Aztecs said their original ancestors came from. In the 16th century, Spanish chronicler Geronimo de Mendieta recorded the legends of the local native population. According to their accounts, the Aztec believed that they were fashioned by a group of stranded gods within these seven caves. Mendieta wrote an account of Aztec legend. In this report, he describes a giant flint knife landing on the earth and the earth was trembling and shaking as this enormous flint knife landed. Then some 1,600 gods disgorged from this thing, and they are responsible for launching Aztec civilization. The Aztecs talk about the many gods coming down to earth and creating humans. They create them out of bone, ash, and their own blood, and they make them somewhat 
in their own image, but they make them specifically so that they will honor them and they will serve them. All of a sudden, there is a description of a giant flint knife that descended from the sky and somebody emerged out of it. One has to wonder whether or not our ancestors were witness to a landing of some type of a craft. If so, then the Aztec story suggests that at some point in our history, extraterrestrials created mankind. And something very strange was going on at Teotihuacan. So there you go. That's Ed, and that is Giorgio, and it is uh, David Hatcher Childress on the TV program uh, Ancient Aliens. I think it must be in its 14th or 15th or maybe even the 16th season, 16 years that this program. And you know what? I admit it's great fun. I don't watch the show. I, I just I, I just find it is uh, a stretch. But I have to say that it shows that people are overwhelmingly positive when it comes to understanding an alien influence on Earth in the past. Now, they also come forward and, and they, you know, when you ever, ever have somebody like Nick Pope on the show, and I'm sure they have a lot of people that support him. These are uh, ufologists, uh, MUFON people, Mutual UFO uh, Association uh, Network. Whenever you speak about UFOs, you speak about aliens, and I love this stuff. And I'm I really want to know. My my program is a my problem is a, that I'm a little fatigued at the lack of disclosure. Number one, number two, you know, if these beings are here, and you know what, who have we had on this program? Many of the foremost experts, Doctor Av Loeb. We've had Machio Kaku. We've had um, the, you can just go down the list. You know, these guys are very transparent. They're uh, astronomers, physicists, scientists who are looking for first contact in the form of uh, probes, uh, planetary science, and so on. I appreciate that. But I am still frustrated in the fact that we are being visited by uh, off-world uh, civilizations who feel that we're not ready for contact. And that's the bottom line. Really, really, really is the bottom line. They feel, they observe, they're brilliant, most likely, probably, you know, uh, uh, several hundred to thousands of years in advance of us. And they can tell when we're ready for contact. And it looks like our society, and I'm talking global, I'm not just talking about the crazies in the United States. Hello? Cliff Dunning, Northern California, that liberal state, that Cliff Dunning is from that liberal, and, and they're all crazy bastards. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying uh, worldwide, uh, it, it's it's a likely perception or a likely analysis that we're not ready for contact. And... I hope in my lifetime that there is some form of contact, some form of disclosure that we are not the only ones on the planet. We really, 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 really need a wake-up call. 
uh, I think, and I've said this over and over and over again, when we have a disclosure, I mean, personally, I'd like it to start on Mars. Uh, I'd like to see someone go, oh, we've imaged a whole city. These are the ruins. Look at the temple. Look at this. Look at that. I'd love to see it there. start there because then it's it's easier. It's easier. I think the if I were to provide my best guess at how people would react to a disclosure of living beings with living UFOs here on Earth or UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, I think that would scare people more because they're living and breathing and, you know, they could be a threat where the discovery of an ancient civilization on Mars or on on our moon would be a, an easy first step. And if you're listening to me, off-world types, those are my suggestions. <laughs> and then from there, you let that sink in for a few years, and then the ships land, out come the aliens, and we're welcome to a, a, a series of planets or a, 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 an understanding that we're not the only ones uh, in the universe. So that's my take on it. My guest today is Eric Von Doniken, and the book is Evolution is Wrong, A Radical Approach to the Origins and Transformation of Life. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Yes, I remember Cliff. Here he is. Hello. I remember, I, I remember I Cliff. Hi. Good to see you again. Good to see you. You look like somebody who had not not enough sleep. Oh, I'm, I'm good. It's uh, only eight o'clock here in San Francisco. So wonderful. Hey, you look great. The gods are treating you well. What are you doing? Are you uh, drinking uh, the fruit of the gods? In two in two months I'm eighty eight, but I oh function, my god I I function perfectly. My brain functions. Nothing happened. I feel wonderful. Wow. Of course, the body becomes a little old, but my brain is is, is here as always. Eighty eight. Wow! Congratulations. You look in great. April. It must be the air in Switzerland or something. Uh, <laughs> among them. <laughs> hey, um, I'm glad to hear you're starting to travel again. It's been really hard for those of us who. Uh, travel and do tours and things so i guess 
your schedule is picking up again, right? Yes, I'm happy. I'm happy about this. Wonderful. Well, listen, this new book is fascinating. I uh, had a chance to look at it. It's a it's a change for you because it has nothing to do with ancient aliens. It has to do with uh, a belief of yours that Darwin's uh, a theory, his uh, most famous book, is, is incorrect. Talk a little bit about what influenced your decision to write this. Well, you know, in English, the book title is Evolution is Wrong. But right. the original the original book title in Germany says every everything evolution or what? Question marks. So the original title is different. It ends with a question mark. And really concerning evolution, we have a lot of questions. Of course, generally spoken, there is evolution. I know everyone knows that every doc uh, comes from a primordial doc, some some kind of, of, of wolf or whatever. Of course, we have evolution in animals, in plants, in trees. There's no doubt about this. But not everything can be explained by evolution. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have the impression as if somebody, the hand of God or the hand of an extraterrestrial or the hand of whatever, you have no idea, infers into our, our behavior. Okay. So you open the book describing the uh, uh, evolution and the life of insects, and then you get into uh fish and eels and then the bird birds migration uh how, how does that uh how do you look at that and why is that so unique for you to add in this book because something cannot be explained by evolution you know it says it all started with cells okay then you have a cell and after millions of years you have a certain primitive animal you have some kind of insect but from a kind of insect even after hundreds and hundreds of millions of years, never uh, a cow becomes. This, this is just against the sense, the sense of thinking. thinking it, it, it makes no sense. And then, in fact, is we have old holy writings. And in these writings, they always tell us that somebody in religion, the gods, inferred that somebody has come and done something. For example, in the Bible, we, we, we are Christians or Jewish or Muslim. We have the same background. And there it says, in the beginning, God created humans and he made the humans according his own image. What image? What God? What made us, made us according his own image? Who was that God? Now, you know, my hypothesis or my ideas, I say they were extraterrestrials. What, what for? What did they want? Why? What, what was the purpose? And, and why? And these extraterrestrials must have been very, very similar to us, if the story of the Bible is true. Very similar to us because they had sexual intercourse with our beautiful girls. That means the sexual apparatus must have been the same. And mm-hmm. if they really made create a child, ch- children, like the Bible says, then even the chromosomes must have been the same. Otherwise, they could never have a sexual uh, effect, intercourse with us, with children. So somebody is there who did something which cannot be explained by evolution. Or in plants, for example, we have plants and simply when an, 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 a little insect touch these plants, plants, they react with a billion of a second of something. How, how is this? This cannot have slowly, slowly uh, developed. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I have a lot of questions. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Darwin wrote his famous book, Origin of the Species, and he traveled uh, all over the place observing different animals and species. And he's basically an observer. And to, to this day, his theory of evolution stands. But you write that recently there were over a thousand scientists who wrote out and said, look, we don't want to be teaching this anymore because it doesn't work for us anymore. Talk a little bit about those scientists. Well, especially the United States, we have two groups who are fighting each other. You have the fundamentalists, you know, the ones who believe in the Bible and everything that is in the Bible. Now they uh, reject the theory of evolution. They say it was all made by God. Then you have the scientists and the normal scientists, is definitely a believer in evolution. And according to normal science, you can prove evolution. And again, I do not doubt that evolution does exist. We see it in all animals, in dogs and, and, and whatever. But not everything can be explained by evolution. It simply doesn't function. It does not function with the cell. It does not function with the DNA. It always gives us the question, who was watching us? You know, we have this model of a zoological garden. It is not from me, it's from professors of the United States. I don't remember the name at the, at the moment. They say the earth, look at the earth like a sort of zoological garden. If you have a zoological garden, you have the, the, the guardians and you have the visitors. The guardians have to check and to make clear that everything goes correct in the zoological garden that nobody uh, eats the other one, which is not permitted to do it, etc. And uh, they also have to look that the, the visitors do not feed the animals or steal the animals or do something. So we have to look, watch the zoological garden. Now, these guardians observe that one of the species of the zoological garden is evolving obviously better and faster than the other. They observe that, for example, we, we have culture, we have science. We develop uh, tools, we develop paintings, we develop chants, etc. So we are more advanced than the rest of our zoological garden. Now these guardians ask them, sooner or later, these humans will try to get out of the zoological garden, to break out of the zoological garden. Should we permit them to break out? And probably they will say, we only permit them to get out when they realize that they are not the biggest a, a form of intelligence in the universe. They have to become humble. They have to learn. You are not the greatest in the universe. Learn to be in connection uh, safely, bravely, correctly with other species out there. And only when you understand this, you can leave the zoological garden. And we are at the moment in this position. The guardians observe us. They realize we would be able to leave the zoological garden. Should they permit us to leave it or not? That's a question I have no answer. Yeah, that, that's it's fascinating. One of the things that you bring up, Eric, in your book is that anthropologists tend to uh, believe that Homo sapiens developed from apes, and you know they find all these different ape-like creatures, these hominins, and and uh, uh, attract. Uh, 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 make us believe that they are our ancestors. But we really don't know, do we? We have a real problem in exactly this. Look, according to the evolution, we, we humans, we come from the same family tree like the apes, the gorillas, 
the chimpanzees, etc. Why are these other animals from our same family tree still today stupid and we are not? Only Homo sapiens has escaped out of the line. The rest, the gorillas, the chimpanzees, the, chimpanzees, uh, the, the apes, are still primitive in the wood and on the trees. Why exactly we? Now, to explain it by evolution makes no sense because some others are older than, than we are, older than our species. So, and here again, we come to the old writings. Somebody did it. Somebody made us like this. Why? Because they had an interest. The story is, is much lo- very, very long and very complicated to, to explain and to understand that, but it makes a perfect sense. Look, someone, somewhere, the universe started. We have no idea where. We have no idea when. We simply say there is a creation who started, and there, in every respect, with every religion, we say, here is God. By the way, I never lost God. I still, I'm a deep believer in God. So some, somehow, our intelligent universe started, and somehow, the first intelligent form of life came. We can prove this because we are intelligent form of life. Now, every intelligent form of life has something in their brain which they can do against, nothing against. This is called curiosity. Every intelligence is curious. You always want to know more and more and more. You always have questions. And curiosity brings every form of intelligence sooner or later to outer space. Why? Imagine, for example, we humans, we would know everything about our planet Earth. We would know everything about the near planets. We would know everything about plants and trees and animals, whatever. We simply would know everything. It's a dream. What is next? As next, we will see little lights in the sky. And because of our curiosity, we will ask, what is this? And we will go out and find it. So every intelligent form of life, sooner or later, makes space travel. Because of curiosity, that happened to us. Somebody came to our solar system. Somebody found that here on this planet, we have hundreds and thousands of forms of life, plants, trees, animals of all, all kinds, insects, etc., including our advanced forefather, some type of apes. Now this somebody changed it. You simply take a few cells from one of these pre-hominy types you change the DNA code in the cell. You put it in the liquid of nutrition back in the womb of a female. The female gives birth to a child. The child has, of course, the evolution of the body, the skin, the body, the, the, the head, the chest, etc. But because of this artificial mutation, the child has now something in advantage, which the rest of the family tree has not. As I said, curiosity means intelligence. And this you can prove because all our family members, like the gorillas and chimpanzees, they are still primitive, but we are not. So you can prove that there was something made in our DNA. And this, again, is written in the holy writings. So do you think that Homo sapien is a hybrid from another species of off-world beings? Definitely, yes. Definitely. And Uh, this is not coincidence. Because these who visited us, they want that we ourselves, human race, creates, invents technology, a lot of lot of technology that finally we are able to construct spaceships again, and we continue the game. 
we spread out again like a snowball system. We spread out and bring intelligence to outer space. Yeah. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit. You ask you in the book, you ask a friend who's a Buddhist, what do the Buddhists uh, uh, believe about evolution? And you and he said to you, it's a very long uh, uh, chat, uh, part of your book. He says, man is ancient, millions of years old, and that we are the descendants of gods. And my my question to you is, we tend to look at Western science and we don't look at Eastern science much at all. The Hindus, these ancient, ancient people. I'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, their understanding of Homo sapien and, and modern humans past. Well, especially from the Hindu society, they think that we are all much older, you know, according to our evolutionary principle. Some 50,000 years ago, we slowly have developed intelligence. But according to the old Hindu way of thinking, we are millions of years old. There were many other worlds before. The worlds have crashed. The worlds have gone under. And, and the Homo sapiens had to restart again, always with the help of somebody. Maybe that somebody was ourself. Look, imagine some hundred thousand of years ago, we would have our forefathers, we would have developed space travel. And our scientists would realize that the catastrophe is coming over our own planet, that our planet would crash. Now, our own species, hundred thousand years ago, would go out into space, wait that the crash of the planet Earth is over, and then they return and start again. Homo sapiens here. But in reality, we were visited from outer space by our own ancestors, uh. not by extraterrestrials. It's our own species. They did it because they wanted that we survive. Today, we have, especially in the United States, intelligent uh, persons like Elon Musk and others, and they all want to go to Mars. Yeah. Why do they want to go to Mars? Why well, they spend billions of going to Mars? Privately, they are all afraid that sooner or later our planet would collapse or could collapse and that the human race did not disappear, that at least we have a few couples on other planets. That's the thing behind it. Yeah. You know, generally spoken, on our planet, we have two forms of, of humans. <clears throat> One form is scientific. The other type is religious. The scientific type was teach everything is evolution, but we are the top of evolution. The religious type is touch everything was made by God, but we are the crown of creation. Have you ever remarked that in both cases, scientific, top of evolution, uh, religion, crown of creation, in both cases, we look at ourselves as the greatest? We have a psychological problem. We don't <laughs> want extraterrestrials. We think we are the greatest. We have to become humble ag again and learn there are others outside, which does not exclude that our own planet has been destroyed, like the Hindus say it, many times, different times, hundred thousand, millions of years ago, and it restarted all again. Yeah. You've never actually, in all the years I've known you, Eric, you very rarely talk about the yugas, which is the... the the yugas. What is that? It's the uh, the Hindu system of 
of, of time. Ah, the Yugo. Ah, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, the Yugos, yes. Yeah, and, and that explains a lot of these epics where mankind starts, develops to a high degree of civilization, and then either destroys himself or somebody else destroys the planet, and then they start over again. And, the, and these cycles are, uh, uh, it's, it's 4,320 Earth years. Yes. So, so that, that would make sense, uh, when it comes to understanding cavemen and these early humans, exactly. these early hominins. But you just said something very fascinating. You said that these aliens might be us from the future or very advanced versions of us. I've never heard you talk like that before. No, of course. That does not exclude extraterrestrials. Yeah. You see, normal a normal scientist, a normal astronomer, astrophysicist, astrophysicist says, okay, extraterrestrial life will probably exist because of mathematical calculation yeah. and, and statistical calculation. But we have no proof, they say. They are looking for molecules in meteorites, etc. Now, Eric van Däniken says we have proof these extraterrestrials were here some thousands of years ago. Of course, this is not the scientific knowledge. The scientific community is because they are reasonable against it. But reasonable, what is reasonable? Reasonable is the spirit of time. The spirit of time means for the moment, it is unreasonable reasonable to believe that extraterrestrials were here. But it's only the spirit of time. The spirit of time will change. 400 years ago, the spirit of time was clear for everyone, including for the reasonable scientific person, that the earth was flat. Intelligent people said, yes, the earth is flat. It was yeah. the spirit of time at that time. Yeah. Or we believe that the sun surrounds our planet earth. It was reasonable at that time. In the meantime, it's not reasonable. We have proof that the earth is surrounding the sun and not the sun around the earth. But it's always a question of the spirit of time. Our today's spirit of time does not accept that extraterrestrials were here, does not accept that humanity might have been destroyed different times. Our general spirit of time is everything is explainable by evolution. Evolution, 50,000 years ago, we were cavemen, slowly we evolved to technology, etc. Our spirit of time does not accept a, a destruction of humanity thousands of years ago and the restart of humanity. It's just a question of how you look at it, of the spirit of time. The spirit of time will change again. We have too, too many good arguments for that. We're going to take a short break and we will return with Eric and his uh, new book, Evolution is Wrong. We'll be back with you shortly. Why do I make things complicated? Why do I lose all my control? Oh, oh. I keep on letting my bad habits Make us both come crashing to the floor Something to save us Close but we're strangers Feel like we're far apart My guest today is Eric Van Donegan. He has written a new book called Evolution is Wrong, A Radical Approach to the Origins and Transformation of Life. And we're getting a sense of just what he's uh, 
focused on here in this interview. So what you're saying is that at some point we will evolve and be more accepting that our ancestors could have been from other planets. Definitely, yes. That the, 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 the original star to become intelligent was not here. Somebody come, but that somebody must have had a similar body, a similar chromosomes. We must have been brothers somehow. Why? Because we are the offsprings. You know, one intelligent species. No, start the other way again. Question, if we would be able to make space travel in big distance, where would we go? We would look for planets which are similar to our planet Earth. Why? We want to survive there. We would never go, for example, to Jupiter. Jupiter is a giant. Its gravity would destroy us simply. We would never go in our solar system, for example, to Mercury. Mercury is too hot, so we would burn. We look from the beginning for a, from a planet of landing which is similar to us because we want to survive there. Now, the same thing happens for the other. There are billions and billions of suns and solar systems out there. We today, our astronomers, we are able to find out which solar system has planets. We are today able to find out which planets are similar to Earth. So in the zone, not too hot and not too cold. The same thing happens for the other. They observe the universe. They found out before they started which planet is similar to our home planet. So they came to here. It was not the coincidence. There was no other way because on a planet like Jupiter, they could not survive. That's mm. why they have come here. They found in evolution, as I said before, our primitive ape, they changed into an intelligent being. And now it's up to us to repeat the game. The universe is endless, full with planets. There are not thousands. There are billions of it. And we should spread out this like a snowball system, bring intelligence out into the universe, fill the universe with intelligence. Yeah. You mentioned Mars uh, a few minutes ago. Do you believe, I mean, I believe that they have found evidence of an ancient civilization and their ruins there. Do you, what do you believe about Mars? I, I believe this too. I believe this too. I mean, we have good photographs of some ruins of Mars, which really have rectangular things. And even on, on, you know, between Mars and Jupiter, we have the asteroid belt. And they are, the biggest asteroid is called Ceres. And on Ceres, on the surface of Ceres, American satellites have photographed definitely rectangular forms of, of buildings. There was somebody, be it on Mars, be it on Ceres. Now, to our human knowledge, in our memory, we were not there. It might be 100,000 years before, which we don't know. So if we were not there, who was it? Was it us, our forefather, or was it aliens? But you can prove that on Mars and on Ceres, there are artificial structures. So let's go there, fly there, find out what it is. We have uh, rovers there. We have satellites orbiting. And even in the face of evidence, NASA and the American Space Command refuse to acknowledge that there are any uh, evidence of ruined civilizations. Why? Why do they have to cover this up? It's 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 not to cover up. It's the spirit of time. The spirit of time is what is reasonable. Now, ah, if some... so they they can't conceive of it. Then yes, if an astronomer today would go to the to the public and say. 
Yes, there is extraterrestrial life, and they even, they even look like us. He's not taken for serious anymore. anymore. The spirit of time, his own colleagues would say, hey, what's wrong with him? They, they, they pull him out of, of her society. So we have to change slowly the spirit of time. We have to understand that the universe is full of intelligent life. Some of this form of life were here, or we have revolved after 100,000 of years ago. We have to learn. We have to change the spirit of time. How much, how much uh, longer, how many more years do we have to wait until uh, they disclose that they have found, like the rover bumps into a staircase or uh, 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 they, the, uh, uh, Elon Musk lands on Mars and, and he finds the temple. Is that what we have to do? Or, I mean, because that could be decades from now. That could be decades, but it will not take decades. I, I really think within the next 10 years, everything mm-hmm. is clear because we are on the observation already again. You know, today, uh, some American scientists, especially from the Air Force and the, the Navy, accept that there is something out there. So you say there is something, some objects or whatever, but we will find a, 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 a scientific explanation in the future. It's something natural out there. But the answer is not enough because whatever is out there, they made abductions to some humans. Some humans were abducted by these beings and some of humans had implantates made by a natural explanation does not explain abductions and implants. So it's not natural. And the spirit of time today is not able, not willing to accept this. They say, Yes, there is something curious out there. We will find a scientific explanation. They should continue and say, okay, but who took some of our humans and abducted them? Who made this impotent? And then we came to the truth. The spirit of time is not ready for this truth. It will change very, very soon. <laughs> Boy. Hey, you have a chapter in your book, Eric. Uh, by the way, the, for those of you listening, the book's called Evolution is Wrong, A Radical Approach to the Origins and Transformation of Life. This is Eric's uh, new book, just came out. Uh, chapter three, Hushed Up and Suppressed is the title. And uh, I was fascinated in this because you mentioned Michael Cremo and his book, Forbidden Archaeology. He actually proves evidence of modern Homo sapien, uh, sapiens over a million years on planet Earth. And this information is suppressed. Why would we suppress this information? The same answer as before. The spirit of time is not ready to accept that we today, we are not the greatest. We think according to the process of evolution, we are the top of evolution. We do not accept that maybe there was some uh, intelligent uh, uh, life on earth, our forefathers, some hundred thousand of years ago. The spirit of time is not ready. Yeah. You know, you know, every, every person, every magazine, every journal, every TV station, it, it, it doesn't matter what has an owner. That honor might be a rich family, might be the state, might be a society, might be the union, doesn't matter. Everything has an owner. And this owner wants to be taken as serious. Nobody wants to be taken as ridiculous, wants to be ridiculed. 
Yeah. They all want to be taken as serious. So if now a newspaper, a serious newspaper would come out tomorrow and the first on the front page, they would say definitely, yes, there are extraterrestrials, there are UFOs, we have a final proof. They would not be taken serious anymore from the society. The spirit of time is not right. They are ridiculed. That's why they don't do it. It's not an, an oppression from the government. It's simply the spirit of time. Everybody wants to be taken serious. And if they break the spirit of time, they are not taken for serious anymore. They are ridiculed. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, my question to you, though, Eric, is that when we accept that we are not alone in our cosmos and that there are other uh, civilizations on neighbor, neighboring planets, don't we automatically as a species evolve? I mean, really, wouldn't you say? Well, first, when we really accept that we are not alone or even that we are under observation, somebody, the first reaction to the general public is we would be afraid. What? We are not alone? Will they take us over? Are they technologically more advanced than we? And obviously they are, otherwise they could not have made space travel. Would they take us over? Would they enslave us? Would they steal our raw material? We would be afraid, afraid to society. What about our religion? Will they break down when extraterrestrial comes? Will they tell us about the new God or new religions, etc.? We are afraid. That means the science, the society, the human society is not ready. The spirit of time has to be made ready first. That's why we have wonderful science fiction movies worldwide. <laughs> Big, gigantic, especially the Americans are leading here worldwide. Slowly, slowly, the spirit of time changes. I had a discussion, that's already 10 years ago, with Roland Emmerich, you know, Stargate. Roland Emmerich, Stargate. And he yeah. said, yes, Eric, of course, I was influenced by, by, by your books to make the movie. Some others say the, the same. Because of the influence of your movie, so slowly the spirit of time changes. In our Western society, not in the Muslim society, I have talked to intelligent Muslims and really in intellectual Muslims, wonderful personality, and they don't believe that the Americans were on the moon. Yet that is all fake. They said, that's not true. No humans can travel to the moon. Hi, hmm. what's going on? They are not ready to accept this. Wow. Uh, talk a, a little bit more about uh, uh, this uh Cremo's research, Cremo and Thompson. There's a case that you bring up. Uh, a guy, his name is William uh, uh, Meister, who was in yeah. Ant Antelope Springs, Utah, and they were out uh, picnicking, and he found the human shoe sole, yes. uh, which is dated to 500 million years ago. Definitely. Yeah. Talk about Definitely. that, because that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing to, to, to talk about it. it. It's in the book. This is a fact. William Meister found these footprints, these shoe prints, definitely. You know, in, in Texas, you have the Paluxy River. And in the Paluxy River, you have footprints of a dinosaur. And in the same level, and I was personally there, by the way. Mm -hmm. I We observed it we, with scientific method. We break up the, the layers of, of the rock. So in the same level. You have footprints of a dinosaur and footprints of a human, which is impossible according to our general knowledge. 
we say all dinosaurs, uh, they died out 600 million years ago. 600 million years ago, there was no Homo sapiens. But there we have footprints of dinosaurs, no Homo sapiens. I have seen in so many collections worldwide. For example, in South America, was a cut in, in the city of Ecuador, in the city of Cuenca, Quito uh, uh, in Ecuador, there was a father called Carlo Crespi. He had a private museum. The Indians, the natives, they brought him different rocks, rocks with paintings. And there you see humans riding on dinosaurs. How is this possible? Especially the, the Indians coming out from the forest. They had no knowledge of dinosaurs, but they have paintings, engravings in the rock. Dinosaurs are humans. According to our knowledge, this is all nonsense. So we ignore the scientific facts. We ignore the footprints in the Palakshi River. All true, they are here. We look for, that must be falsificated. This can't be true. The spirit of time is not right. We have to change the spirit of time. So that's the, that's the pretext of the book is that we, uh, you know, we have all this, uh, uh, information, but we're not paying attention to it. Uh, uh, so this is just going to take a decade or so before things change. Is that what you're suggesting in the book? Cause you don't, uh, yes. you don't, you don't really give us an idea about, you see, you, you talk about the problems, but you, you don't say, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think that. This is going to be discovered and this will open the door or, uh, you know, uh, you don't even say aliens will stop by and go, hey, by the way, you're actually millions of years old, so forth and so on. Or we're your parents. <laughs> so what do you say? What do you say? How, how do we get to where do we get to the end of this where we understand I, that I'm what's going that. on now doesn't make sense? I think for the moment we are under observation. Extraterrestrials were here some thousands of years ago. Yeah. Before they left, they promised we will return in the far future. This return, this believing of the return of some gods is part of every culture and every religion. And at the moment, I think they are here. They observe, they are on the observation. You know, the chief of Israel's space program is a Mr. Chaim Eshet, an intelligent man, space program. And he said, extraterrestrials are among us. We have some contracts with them. This is not an idiot. And I have it in my book, by the way, with the exact source. You know, the ex-defense minister of Canada, Mr. Paul Hellier, he died in the meantime, said the same thing. Extraterrestrials are among him. He even said, you could you could see someone on the street, you would not realize that he's an extraterrestrial. Now, these people are not idiots. A, a defense minister is an intelligent personality. With everything he says, he's responsible for what he says. And there are much more. I quote, quote them in, in my book. So I, Eric von Däniken is not along with saying, we have contact with extraterrestrials, but the spirit of time does not permit us to go to the public. The public, the medias will not take it for serious because they are afraid that they will be ridiculed. That's why it will take another decade, one decade, more or less. Concerning UFOs, this will not take a decade. Concerning UFOs, the governments will accept within the next years, I think. Definitely, they do exist. And not only UFOs, it must be intelligent movements made by an intelligent. They will accept it. But concerning the contact of extraterrestrials in the past, 
we take a decade. Yeah, that's fascinating. You know, you travel the world, Eric, and you speak to different people and different cultures. Uh, you just gave us some examples of, of uh, major figures who are admitting that they are working with alien beings. Um, and so you're saying that they're waiting for us to evolve to the level where we can feel comfortable uh, uh, with their presence. Is that what you're suggesting? Exactly. You know, extraterrestrials wanted to work with us. But if we, they, if we have to work with a race which simply do not accept you, a race which is afraid of you, a race which thinks they, they will take us over, they will enslave us, they will steal our raw material, a race, we humans, who is afraid of extraterrestrials, then you cannot work with them. You Otherwise, you have to enslave them by force. That's not what they want. That What they want is that the human race freely accept extraterrestrials and become in connection and work together. And there is a lot of things which we could do together, including technology. So first, you have to prepare humanity. Don't be afraid. We will not enslave you. We will not steal your raw material. We would not take you over. We are your brothers and sisters. We are working together. Wow. Hey, uh, one last question, and I know we have to uh, end this, but, you know, over the years I've talked with you and I've met with you personally, you say that you have never seen a UFO, you've never met an alien. Why are you such a great advocate for the the aliens? Well, I really (laughs) don't know. Sometimes I have wonderful dreams, really dreams. Yeah. I mean, dreams which I speak with extraterrestrials. But I all, I'm absolutely aware this is just a dream, not reality. But maybe dreams are reality. I dream and I have connections with extraterrestrials. So it's but in your not dreams. in reality. I, I never saw a UFO. You know, I was also thinking, you know, you like you've been to many ancient ruins. I thought, well, maybe uh, when you were a younger man, man you were in uh, Chichen Itza or Tulum or somewhere and you looked at a ruin and you saw the face of an alien and that's what influenced you. But that's not the story, is it? No, no, that's not the story. No, <laughs> the story, which I told you many times before, is religion. I am a deep believer in God. But my God is omnipotent. My God does not need a vehicle in which to move from point A to point B. Now, in our religion, I grew up in Christianity in a boarding school. In our religion, we learn that the God of the Old Testament, he descends on the holy mountain with smoke and fire and trembling and loud noise. And the holy, the whole mountain was glowing like a furnace, etc. So somebody was there, which was not a God. Somebody who manifested with smoke and fire and plumbling, and the Israelites had to be, be in safe distance. So it was not God. It was somebody else. If it was not God, who was it? Then you sooner or later arrive to, to extraterrestrials. You have no chance. I gotcha. The book's called Evolution is Wrong. Uh, my guest has been Eric Von Dunnigan. <laughs> Eric, why should people buy this book? Tell us. Tell us why people should buy the book. Because it's electrifying. It asks, it brings you a lot of questions. You say to yourself, hey, why have I never thought of them? This is maybe a possible answer. Maybe. By the way, I said in the beginning, the original title is Alles Evolution or the was Everything evolution or what? Question. Everything, evol- no- everything is evolution or what? Or what? 
If oh, it's I not evolution, oh. what is it? So and I have no final answer, not even in this book. I have suggestions, but no final answers. <laughs> Much success on this, Eric. Uh, as always, you're uh, fascinating. Uh, I hope you live at least another 20 years so we can <coughs> we can see the aliens together and meet with them and that we can hear the real story because, you know, that's going to be a whole nother chapter in Earth Humans history is to meet with an alien race that understands where we came from. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be the greatest thing on Earth. You know, since human exist, we have wars. We fight against each other. We fight because of racism. We fight because of religion. We fight of every reason. Soon as we have contact with extraterrestrials, all the human wars will stop from one day to the other. Human wars make no sense anymore when you have a much higher goal to to know the, the universe, the contact with extraterrestrials. It would be good for our politics and for the human race, for all. We are all humans. It doesn't matter if we are white or black or, or, or red or, 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 or yellow. We are all the human intelligence race on this planet. And it would be the greatest thing to get in contact with extraterrestrials. You know, one of the big things that uh, NASA has just done in the last year, and you know about this, is they gathered all these religious uh, theologians and they asked them, how would, well, this is for the Americans, how would they react to first contact? And a lot of these guys are like, well, people would be very upset and they would question their religion. What do you say to that? If, of course, they would question their religion. No doubt, but they will never lose God. I'm educated as a Christian in the in a boarding in a Catholic boarding school. Of course, we will lose our religion, for example, our belief in Jesus, but we will never lose the belief in God. It is great spirit of the Creator who created everything. Okay, so you're saying that when the extraterrestrials okay. reveal themselves, that will uh, people will not freak out and want to commit suicide. No, no, they will bring peace on Earth. <laughs> Peace and joy, <laughs> the happiness. Wow. <coughs> I have to stop. It's, uh, yeah, we're done. Uh, Eric, congratulations to this. And uh, I hope to see you in California one of these days. And never forget, English is not my best language. My mother language is German. My second language is French. Je parle français comme l'allemand. I speak French like German. English is my third language and Spanish my fourth. So sometimes I have problems to express myself. Please understand. Understand me. Thank you for your you, understanding. You did very well, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Ciao. Bye bye. Ciao. Eric's kind of reinventing himself with his book in a way. Evolution is wrong. By the way, it just came out. You can get it at uh, on Amazon, where I get a lot of my books, or your local bookstore or wherever you get your literature. It is published by New Page Books out of the United States, and I think they're distributed everywhere. So there you go. You got a chance to uh, to hear from Eric. We have everybody. We have the heavy hitters every year. Sprinkle them here and there. I call Eric a heavy hitter because he's like the father, the icon of the ancient alien movement. And he's always got something interesting to say. You know, he's shockingly fresh and um, uh, 
forward in his age. He's 88 years old, which is amazing. And if you had a chance to see the video or you want to see the video, it's probably, it'll probably be on YouTube in a, in a week or so. But he looks great, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. By the way, speaking of uh, ancient aliens, check out Earth Ancients Special Edition, The Archives. I think it's going to air next week. It is a best of the best with a Mars panel that includes Dr. John Brandenburg, who wrote Death on Mars, Mark Carlotto, who developed a whole bunch of of software for uh, spy satellites, and George Haas of the Cydonia Institute, the Mars Cydonia Institute. That was recorded, I believe it was 2018, but I think it might be earlier. I had to look at the file. Great interview. I found it in the vaults, and uh, it's really a discussion of where NASA is uh, has taken us and some of the great evidence that is revealed in the imagery on Mars. And, and of course, why we keep getting pushed back and lied to and frankly deceived uh, about what is happening on the planet Mars. Now, you guys know, if you've been following along for a while, that I'm a huge advocate of uh, ancient ruins on the planet and, you know, it's funny because I mentioned it, uh, Eric talked about it a little bit, but he hasn't really written a great deal about Mars other than referring to it as a perhaps a way station thousands of years ago by our ancestors or ancient aliens. So I would like to get boots on the ground on the planet Mars and really have some anthropologists or research investigators look at what the ruins are. For any kind of writing or um, literature that is understandable, or at least uh, something we can research. So be sure to check that out, Earth Angels Special Edition, the archives. Again, it's likely going to be next week, and um, I think we just have to play around with some of the editing and put together a full show, but... um, Anything with Mars, anything with John Brandenburg is an eye-opener. For those of you who are still not convinced that there are uh, ruins, and of course, he's a plasma physicist and discovered some analysis of Mars' atmosphere and concluded with great accuracy that two very large nuclear bombs were detonated uh, over the atmosphere tens of millions of years ago in what he claims is a some kind of cosmic war for, for Mars. And in his book, and by the way, I really urge you to get his book, Death on Mars. Um, he actually, you know, his specialty is weapons. So he shows you the craters that are left and how to discern between a, a crater made from uh, an impact and a crater made from an explosion. And so he shows you with great accuracy in some images, the actual spots where these two nuclear weapons were uh, detonated, that's number one. And then number two is he is very clear in showing how these bombs basically destroyed the uh, atmosphere. 
and left the planet, you know, anything on the surface was killed. Pretty devastating. And he writes in this book, as a religious person, how upset he became when he realized that the Martians had pretty much destroyed themselves or were destroyed by uh, an another race of beings in some intergalactical war. So check that out, Death on Mars, and then make sure you come and join us on Earth Ancient Special Edition, The Archives. Hey, we're in the February, and we're getting closer to our Grand Egyptian uh, tour. It's May 2nd through the 14th. We have a few spots left. i got to tell you, uh, for four grand, you get 12 days of luxury, uh, great food, great uh, beverages, VIP travel. We spend some time on the uh, River Nile in these luxury uh, boats. They're like mini cruise ships, but they are uh, opulent. The food is uh, just five-star. The views are wonderful. It is relaxing. It is informative. And I got to tell you, Muhammad Embryam is a perfect Earth Ancients uh, compliment. And when I say that, when we're on the water with him, he's available. But more importantly, when we're in these wonderful temples, these wonderful cities like Luxor, like Dendera, like Aswan, and of course Cairo, we are seeing not only great anomalies, and when I say anomalies, buildings that have uh, mind-blowing monolithic-sized stones that hold up roofs, that uh, are pillars, that are carved, that are... I mean, you will see <laughs> uh, artifacts that are just mind-blowing. They're taken for granted by the locals of Egypt, but when you come and visit Egypt, you will be pleasantly surprised, overwhelmed, and you'll enjoy it, I guarantee you. For more information... Go to earthancients.com forward slash tours, T-O-U-R-S, register, or just check out the itinerary. If you have any questions whatsoever, send me an email, earthancients for you, the number four, and then uh, U, letter U, at gmail.com. Say, hey, Cliff, this itinerary looks great, but I have a question. <laughs> so send it to me. This is fun. We're almost filled. We got a few shot uh, sp uh, spaces left. Um, so come out and join us. It is life changing. Twelve days of luxury, splendor, and ancient Egypt up close and personal. That reminds me, we'll be doing our Mexico tour in November. Plan on it. This is a, a seven day quick venture into ancient Mexico. It is the Mexico, Tabasco, Chiapas, Maya tour. We fly into Vera Hermosa, which is in Mexico. We're walking distance from the Leventa Museum with, with the best collection of Olmec artifacts in the world. We'll see a few of their buildings. We'll see a few of their pyramids. They're not real stone pyramids. They're more like earthen pyramids, kind of like mounds. Then we bus to Palenque, and from there... Not only do we check out Palenque, we check out some other sites too. For more information and to see the itinerary, go to earthancients.com forward slash tours. And uh, seven days in and out. It's a blast. 
And I'll tell you why we're going to Chiapas this time. It's because we can climb on the pyramids. And remember, if you've been following along, Ed, Dr. Ed Barnhard will be giving us a private tour because remember, he has excavated, surveyed, and really knows that city very well. It's huge. Do a search for Palenque. Do a, uh, a survey search. Look for a map. It is littered with buildings, pyramids, temples, and he's going to show us the various uh, areas that, that are off the beaten path. So again, for more information, earthancients.com forward slash tours. All right, that's it for this program. I want to thank my guest today, Erich von Denken, uh, for joining us. His new book is Evolution is Wrong. As always, the team of Ruth Thomas, Mark Foster, and everyone who makes this thing happen. You guys rock! And there's my phone. <laughs> All right, take care, be well, and we will talk to you next time. 